You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Instant Reaction Pride of Detroit PODcast. We don't have a special name for this one. It's just a little bite size here as we come to you recorded or live. You're watching on Twitch.tv or YouTube, where the Pride of Detroit PODcast is always live. As we are wrapping up here, as we speak, as we record this podcast, a five-hour live stream of the first round of the NFL draft. We will be live for day two as well, and that will be even longer, and I need to get more caffeine. I am Chris Perfett, your adequate host of the Pride of Detroit POD cast. We have had a ton of fun, and joining me is John Whitaker, the Canadian here. My man at, uh, is it at Whitaker? Yeah, at Whitaker, excuse me. I know his, I know his Twitter handle. I'm sorry, it's been a long day for me. Um, for an exclusive left coast version of the pod cast because jeremy and eric are both um listening to pressers right now writing feverishly we've had a massive party but we're the last two standing right now man we've been drinking we've been drinking hard everyone else passed out on the floor everyone else is outside smoking a little some cigarettes to try to get their energy back up you and me are here pour going strong and i've poured another shot of yaker Best coast, best coast. I'm telling you, Pack 12 after dark has prepped me for these late late shows. <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, left coast, best coast. We're going with that. Uh, all right, let's get into it. We have to react to what the Lions did in the first round. As we sit here, the Lions did not trade back. They did not go for a reach. They took. Their guy, they didn't need the clock. They, they ran it up there. They didn't need the rest of time. They didn't even need to think about it too much. They took Oregon offensive tackle Panay Sewell. After three quarterbacks go off the board, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, a bit of a shocker to, to uh, the 49ers. Everyone thought for a long time it was going to be Mac Jones. They took Trey Lance. They swerved at the last second. And then after that, it was Kyle Pitts to Atlanta. And then the key thing here, the Bengals who need protection for Joe Burrow instead took Joe Burrow's friend from LSU. Apparently, Joe Burrow even texted him, pack your bags, Jamar Chase. So that set the table. That set the table, John. That set the table. And then what happens at six? What happens at six? The remarkable thing. The Miami Dolphins take, take Waddle. They take Waddle. They take a, a wide receiver. And suddenly, there it is, right there for the Lions. You know, Pitts, Jam- Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle are off the board. Panay Sewell right there. Bam. 
No hesitation from the Lions front office. The if war room trying to the, knock each other over? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brad Holmes was literally jumping for joy. I can't tell who he gave a bear hug to, but man, they were excited. And in fact, they turned in their card almost instantly. There was no second thought. This was the guy they wanted. And I, I'm speculating that they've been on this guy for a long time. They seemed very, very excited and spoke very highly of him. Yeah, I mean, we have been hearing all week about, you know, rumors the Lions want to trade out of the top 10. They're fielding offers for the seventh overall pick. You know, they might they and that's due diligence. But I have to have felt that, like, maybe they had some offers, but they saw this board fall the way it did. And Panay Sewell's there at seven. And as you say, like, you know, forget the phones, forget the phones. I don't need them. Just get the card in. Just do it. Yep, I fully agree. And I think a lot of people, you know, we liked Kyle Pitts. We liked Jamar Chase. I think those guys were really just a stretch. I think it would have been very, very unlikely for them to fall. And Sewell's a guy who's been at the top of draft boards for basically the entire year. He's long been regarded as the best offensive tackle prospect. And, you know, over the course of the year, he did nothing but impress. And getting him at seven is an extreme win for this Lions offense. It's an emotional story. We watched some of uh, I, I was I was talking with Jeremy, uh, the fearless leader, the fearless mustache who has dyed it blue for this uh, draft. So another reason for you to join us on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit. Uh, Panay Sewell is very charged up. He grew up as a Lions fan. So this has got to be a dream come true for him to, to go to a place that you watch that team growing up. And you've busted your tail. You mentioned as best the, the best offensive tackle prospect in this draft. Some people are saying the best offensive tackle in a multiple of years prospect. And I did the I, I watched some of the stuff I wrote the article on, like why the Lions should draft Panay Sewell. Watching him fly around the field on Oregon, just getting after defenders, barreling them over to make lanes for a running back or to protect, you know, a receiver on a, on a sweep. Uh, is or or on a, or on a bubble screen like it's exciting man it's exciting there was some late scub a little bit about oh maybe his arm size isn't too isn't too great uh that's not a problem and in Panay Sewell's own words he he would tell people just watch the tape and I would say this go look up some highlights of Panay Sewell get yourself excited Detroit because I have nothing better to do John but to give this an A grade and you know me I don't like drinking the Kool-Aid too much this is uh but this is an exciting pick it sets the Detroit Lions offensive line for a multiple of years you're going to have Taylor Decker Frank Ragnow Jonah Jackson and Panay Sewell until like most of those guys are going to be there until 2024, barring any kind of trades or or cuts. And then, you know, right now going to the year, it'll be Halapulavati Vitae uh, for that for that fifth spot. But that's that's your offensive line set, man. And we've I, I've said this multiple times. Offensive line is the way you win right now in the NFL, because you can do whatever you want in your offense. You don't need to bust your tail uh, trying to get the best quarterback available. You can run, run, uh, 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 you know, you can run option. You can run play action. You can do what you want. And I think that's exactly what the Lions are looking for here. Yep. And the other thing about drafting a offensive tackle, especially one of his, or Andrew, I will say, that's how, how good he is. He deserves that praise. 
um, is that not only does it help out Jared Goff, who is coming into a new environment with you know, a guy who really relied on having a good offensive line in his prime years with the Rams. It also helps out the run game, too. You know, DeAndre Swift is going to be very excited. Jamal Williams, Kerryon Johnson. You know, the offense definitely took a blow from losing Matthew Stafford. But if we can get these guys clicking, uh, you know, especially if a guy like Vitae, if he can rebound and prove that he's worth that contract, you know, this could suddenly be a quicker turnaround than people actually expect. Yeah, absolutely. And these guys last, uh, once you have your line, like linemen, I think I said it before, linemen are long-term investments. They stick with your team quite a long time. They don't usually like leave because they're a very unit-oriented uh, play. They're, they're unit-oriented players. They like to play as a unit. They like to play as a group. Um, I remember a Lincoln Kennedy, former Raider, who I, I've done some shows with, would always tell me watching the Patricia years, watching them rotate linemen. He's like, you don't do that to us. We have to play as a unit. We have to play as a team out there on the line. And yeah, if you treat Sewell right and he, and he performs well for you, that's, that's going to be an investment that pays off. Again, as you say, regardless of who you have as the running backs, regardless of who you have as a quarterback, like it, it, it keeps on giving. It really does. And I think, and again, the individual himself is a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. Uh, we're, we're joking about West Coast here. You were joking about Pac-12 after dark. He's an Oregon guy. So maybe our East Coasters need to know what he's like, but he's amazing. Mahler, absolute Mahler. I absolute think the, Mahler. The, the, the big concern going forward is, does he play on the left side or does he play on the right side? I think he is more of a natural left tackle. Uh, I believe that's where he played almost his entire career at Oregon. Mm -hmm. And Lions have a pretty good left tackle in Taylor Decker. So do you move the veteran or do you move the youngster? It'll be a very interesting decision, but I feel like it's not necessarily a bad decision. I think it was Jeff Schwartz or something who mentioned that uh, uh, offensive tackle moving from one side to the other is like trying to wipe your butt with the other hand. So it takes a little bit of time. He, to get I, used I've been to on it. I've been on radio shows with Jeff Schwartz. He does say that. <laughs> yeah. So it takes a little bit of time to get used to, and it could be a bit of a gamble. But these these guys are just too talented not to succeed. I'd be stunned if they didn't. No, no, and it's it's a I I like it. I'm I I I have nothing else to say. I think the Lions nailed this pick. It was the right pick. No, no hesitation about it. Uh, and it's going to be exciting to see what the Lions do on day two, uh, especially since we've seen how the rest of the board has has fallen out. And for myself, who pounds the table for for Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, who is still available at the time of this recording. Um, I'm excited to see because the Lions have plenty of needs and the board's fallen. But I want to talk a little bit about the rest of this first round now, because this has been a very interesting first round. Uh, I think more edge rushers were taken than I was anticipating. I think more linemen were, were take were taken than I was anticipating. I know like uh, the, the Raiders reached and took Alex Leatherwood. Uh, we saw some, a bunch of wide receiver. I think we saw all the wide receivers we expected came off the board. I know Katarius Tony from Florida was a bit of a reach for the giants, but you know, Rashad Bateman, Went in the first round. A lot of corners taken. Greg Newsom, Eric Stokes, um, uh, Caleb Fairley, who's a fantastic story that that, you know, his back injury isn't going to cost him. But just to uh, so what what stood out to you from other teams in the first round before we get to our brethren in the NFC North? 
Yeah, I'm gonna. We're, we'll come back to that. Uh, I think the interesting thing you mentioned is the uh, kind of run on edges at the end of the first round. Uh, the five final picks, there were four edge records gone. And I think the Lions weren't necessarily a team that were going to take a guy, uh, you know, like Quiggy Paye in the top of the first round. More so maybe looking at second day pick. Uh, all of a sudden, it's gotten a lot thinner than you might expect. And I think the Lions are in a decent position with Flowers and the Aquara brothers going forward. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if there's a guy that they might like going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I did mention the NFC North, and we do need to talk about it. Where do you want to start, man? Um, I because... think we have to start with, with Green Bay, because I feel like that was the first news that came in. <laughs> and we need, to, we need to chuckle a little bit before we get to the other news. Yeah, yeah. Chuckle. Uh, rest in peace to Elder Cetus, who is the originator of the Discord meme, Keck Dub. Uh, if you've seen his face, if you know his laugh, uh, he sadly left us this week. But uh, in honor of Elder Cetus, uh, oh my God, the, the Green Bay Packers, who, by the way, news came out to de- on Thursday that it was also a bombshell that eclipsed the draft, John, that that Aaron Rodgers was not happy with the Packers. There had been some rumors that San Francisco wanted to like package the third pick and a bunch of other players, including Jimmy G to get Aaron Rodgers and green Bay wasn't listening. And Aaron Rodgers is apparently now so fed up. He is threatening. He's, he's doing what Deshaun Watson was doing before his law for the allegations came out about Deshaun Watson and that uh, he's threatening not to return to the team. It's it's yeah, an apocalyptic it's scenario. And we've been living with Aaron Rodgers for a long time in the NFC North. And the prospect of him playing elsewhere is, oh, it makes me excited, to be honest. But how it has come to be is incredible. I believe the rumor was uh, there was a agreement in place that the Packers would trade him after this year because he wasn't happy with the Jordan Love pick at the time last year in the first round. And apparently after him playing like an MVP, they kind of tabled that idea. And Rogers essentially—I don't know if he came out directly and said—I'm not sure where the rumor originated from—but essentially he is not happy and doesn't want to play it down for the Packers again. So we'll see what happens. And then, um, if you would allow me to touch upon what happened in the draft, uh, there were some jokes yes. to be had, but they ended up reaching. For <laughs> so what? A what do the Packers do? I was going to say, yeah. what do the Packers do? All this on the board—you have to mend fences. What do you do, John? What did they do? Well, they did the only logical thing, and they took a second, third round cornerback in, in the first round. Eric you know, Stokes who, out of Georgia. Who needs, to, uh, who needs to appease your Hall of Fame quarterback with wide receivers that people have been pounding the table for for years? So I'm sure he'll be fine with Alan Lazard. I am. Uh, it's good to see that Green Bay also doesn't want to draft receivers for uh, for uh, for love. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. At what point do you get, look at the present wow. versus the future? It's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out because, you know, picks came and went and no trade came to fruition. So either a team trades a future 22 pick or someone's going to have to make a really strong apology letter to Aaron Rodgers because that's a, that's a train wreck. Yeah, it's beyond a train wreck. All right. Vikings took uh, Kristen Darasaw. At the 23rd pick, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. Not much to say there. That's a good, solid pick, I think, for for the Vikings. Yep. I believe they um, uh, traded down correctly. Yeah. Yes, traded they did trade down. With the Jets. 
yeah, the Jets jumped off. They took Elijah Vera Tucker. They were eager to get my beloved USC guy, Elijah Vera Tucker, at 14. So Vikings pick up some picks and Christian Derisaw. Um, the Bears is where the big scub, I think, has come with Lions fans because this affects Lions fans pretty bad because I think we're all where we were all ready to kind of sit here and have some schadenfreude at the Bears as they blow up, as they put out Andy Dalton QB1 uh, memes on Twitter um, to watch that organization implode. And I'm not going to lie. They did a smart thing today, man. They did a smart yeah, thing I today. They, they absolutely ch- nailed it. Yes. Um, and it's made some Lions fans mad because I think they're getting some FOMO now. They're, I mean, well, FOMO would be fear of missing out, but whatever the past tense of FOMO is just anger at missing out. Um, so the so the bears traded up from 20 to 11 with the New York giants. They gave up next year's first round pick to do so. It was not cheap for them, but they took quarterback out of Ohio state, Justin Fields, who had slipped all the way to 11th. As we said, you know, Wilson Lance, Wilson, uh, I mean, excuse me, Lawrence, Wilson, Lance were the first three quarterbacks off the board. Then there was nothing. Fields kept dropping. Those trade top 10 we said were going to happen to try to get Fields didn't happen. Mac Jones, he slid, slid even further. He slid all the way to the uh, to the Patriots who don't need who didn't even need to trade up to get him. But the Bears, I think, get one of the more exciting quarterback prospects out there and someone I think Lions fans Look, I get it that Sewell wasn't the sexy pick. And I also understand if you don't believe in Jared Goff uh, long term. So I understand the anger about uh, missing out on Justin Fields. But I want to kick it to you, John, because you were you were a big proponent this year of the Lions drafting a quarterback. And this has to chafe you a little bit that Justin Fields not only misses the lions but falls to their biggest rival in the division yeah i think it's hard to say if the lions made a mistake passing on justin fields we won't really know for years uh, especially with quarterbacks you know it takes time for them to, sh- uh, to show off uh just like you know josh allen in uh, buffalo took a few years for him to really shine and then offensive tackles you know they're really long-term investment so it's going to be a while before we really see how that <laughs> really came to effect. Uh, but for me, I was really on board with the Lions taking Justin Fields because I haven't been a strong believer in Jared Goff. And I think Fields gives the uh, new regime a, a really fancy tool to play with for the uh, upcoming few years. And I think passing on him, it's not a bad move. Um, I think Sewell is still really good value. And I think that's what still makes me happy about the eventual decision. Uh, but for me, I just really wish that somehow some way he could have ended up in a Detroit Lions jersey it would have been really exciting to see him uh you know he's got pretty good arm got great legs it would be uh you know a what if scenario and that's the thing about Chicago taking him is that it's going to be what if if Chicago goes ahead and you know makes the playoffs and whatnot and field shines as a rookie it's like oh well the Lions should have taken him blah 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 that kind of stuff but it is worth noting that these are very different situations uh, the Bears, early for a while, they've been a quarterback away. Mitchell Trubisky didn't pan out. I think we can all agree on that. Yes. The Lions, meanwhile, heading into a rebuild. Uh, Fields, you know, he might not have seen the field this year uh, as a first-round pick for the Detroit Lions. He might have been sitting behind Jared Goff. So 
similar to what might have happened last year with the Lions possibly taking Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, for the team that eventually gets drafted for, he looks really good. But if he was with the Lions, he might not have seen the field at the time. So it's going to be hard to say who wins this. But I will say the Lions, they didn't mess up like the Broncos did. Because the Broncos, who are a team who need a quarterback far, far more than the Detroit Lions did. And they also had an opportunity to take fields, and they passed on him. And I think that is one of the bigger mistakes mistakes of the night. So I, I guess I guess I think for me, like, I don't think we would be having this conversation if he had fallen anywhere else besides the Bears. Anywhere else yeah, besides think- the NFC North. Like, it would have hurt to miss on him. But I think two things are happening here. One, he had an amazing pro day. A lot of the negatives and downsides of Justin Fields and a lot of the work he has to do to be an NFL quarterback got minimized. I mean, hell, I would have been happy with Justin Fields too. But um, it does hurt that he's going to the Bears. I, I can't believe the Bears actually did a good thing. Now, granted, again, they gave up a first round pick, their first round pick next year to do this. This is the Hail Mary for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy to save their jobs. This is if 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 they if if Fields doesn't come in and perform right away for the Bears, they both might be gone. And that's not a good place for the Bears to be nor is it a good place for Justin Fields in that scenario. And like, look, their offensive line last year was not good. And like, they're kind of shedding talent when it comes to wide receivers. Uh, He's not going to be walking into a very great scenario. It kind of sucks for him. Um, And look, I get it. A quarterback is big, shiny. It's very special. Your whole future revolves around a quarterback in this league. I just didn't see fields as like the can't miss guy. And again, I think, I think a lot of it too is several things. I mean, as you say, it's like one, we're talking about an offensive tackle versus a quarterback. Like I understand there's excitement differences there. Uh, Two, again, it's the bears, but I really have to, again, stress how important an offensive line is. And Panay Sewell is one of the best prospects out there I, I get why lions fans were mad i would just say don't start doing sol and don't think sewell was a bad pick or that this was a mistake by brad holmes it, it was a risk you had to take it you only get one first round pick unless you have multiple from later years but obviously they weren't going to package to get back up there to get feels they made a decision they took panay sewell and i think that was the right decision i think if sewell hadn't gone to detroit he would have been snapped up very quickly by another team he's a big big prospect and i just think the lions have the luxury to wait out a little bit on quarterback and if they weren't completely sold at justin fields they had the option for justin fields they said to you, we're not totally sold on him versus Panay Sewell. We're going to go with Panay Sewell. That tells you what they think about Justin Fields. So now your question is, is that the right decision or not? I think it's the right decision, though. We'll have to see how Fields is, but it's look, it's rough when you give up on a quarterback. It's rough when you let a quarterback slide past you. But I don't think Justin Fields hasn't won anything in the NFL yet. So I'm not going to uh, lose my mind just yet. And as we talked about the prospect of having a talented offensive line like that, it makes a lot of players on this team better. It helps out the quarterback, helps out the running backs, which in turn helps out the wide receivers too. Look, yeah, so 49ers went key, to a Super The 49ers went to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo because of their offensive line. The Dallas Cowboys were kicking ass with with their offensive line and making Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott look good for for many years. Uh 
the the Tennessee Titans were running out Brian Tannehill last year. Yeah, offensive, offensive line. line can make make things wonders. And like what we mentioned about Jared Goff, he had his best years in uh, Los Angeles when they had a really good offensive line. So and a good run game too. That. If you can recreate that, it's a great atmosphere for him. Yeah. And I mean, like he's coming into a good situation. We'll see like, but again, that's, that's again, the strength of an offensive line is like, even if you have some guys with some flaws like Jared Goff, try it out. And guess what? The Lions have two first round picks next year. I know people are already saying, oh, this quarterback class next year, it's not strong. Again, I, I would say this, you haven't, you don't know who the quarterback class next year is because so many guys are going through transfer portals now, or they're just getting to start for the first time this year. These guys are hitting the field with less and less starter time in college football. And they're still being picked like, you know, guys like Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, very limited playing time, very limited uh, uh, tape to go on for a lot of them. They're not like, you know, Trevor Lawrence was kind of the oddity in that he's been playing for so long and he's been so can miss other guys. That's not the case for them. So I'm not going to sweat it too much. Yep. And that was one of the concerns about Trey Lance is that he only basically had one year of experience and it was at a much lower level than all these other guys He's playing at North Dakota state. Right. So, yes. you know, not exactly the fiercest competition, but I think in the end quarterbacks, they come and go every year. We saw that with Zach Wilson this year. Uh, if the Lions do want to go quarterback in the future, you know, they still have some time to see how Jared Goff plays. And I think it's, worthwhile it might end up poorly but at this point the lines are probably on a longer trajectory for the rebuild no harm no yes problem. i think that's that's very right they are on a longer trajectory they they're taking the long look here and it's very much so what build the rest of your team and then plug in a quarterback so okay let's look to day two real quick i mean not a lot of turnover if you're listening to this on recorded podcast we hope you can hear it on friday before the draft who do you like right now? Because it's an interesting board that is still up there for the Lions, including my beloved uh, pick, Jeremiah Wusu koromoa who has slipped out of the first round altogether. And there's some other names up there uh, that look very, very interesting. Uh, let me pull these up here. Uh, Terrence Marshall, the other LSU wide receiver, is on the board right now. Richie Grant, Elijah Moore, Joseph Osai, Ron Dale Moore, Jabril Cox. Like, who, who do you like as the Lions look to Asante Samuel? Who do you like when the Lions are looking to day two? Uh, this, the end of the first round fell so well for the Detroit Lions. They are going to have plenty of options when they pick. And that's assuming if they don't decide to trade down because there's just so many great options there. Um, obviously, you mentioned JOK. Uh, he's probably the top guy on the board. I'm really surprised he fell out of the first round, but I guess it comes down to some size concerns. But for a team that is really depleted at linebacker, if you can get JOK in the second round, that is insane value. I've been up on him for a minute. Uh, I know during our live stream, Eric and I were having some talk about him. He's definitely more of a coverage linebacker, but I, I will tout his his abilities in the front seven too. Like he had a. Uh, by the way, I'm uh, just as full disclosure, I am relieved tonight because Micah Parsons did not go to the Lions. He went to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't need to think about it anymore. That's all I will say about that. But I needed to say that before I s compare JOK's numbers in college to Micah Parsons. In that, <laughs> JOK, in about the same number of games, had more tackles for loss than, than Parsons did. He had about the same number of sacks. Um, 
he's no slouch in the in in helping the pass rush but he he is definitely a amazing coverage linebacker and i think that that versatility makes him attractive to me as as a pick in the second round but i mean yeah. i How think Bar- baron brown is big yeah i mean baron browning from ohio state is still on the board too i know he's been mocked a lot of times on this on day two as well mm-hmm. uh nick bolton jabril cox uh, there's a lot of good talent still available, and I think the Lions probably their biggest need is either wide receiver or linebacker. So one of those linebacker options would be great. Uh, you mentioned Elijah Moore, uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. Uh, those are some really good options. I think once you kind of get past those guys, you'll have like Rondale Moore, but eventually you kind of start moving to guys who are more of a you know secondary tertiary kind of option. You might not get that true number one kind of guy, but I think at the top of the second round. There's so much great talent. And even if the Lions want to go somewhere else, you know, they could look at safety. They could get a guy like Holland from Oregon. Uh, uh, Trevon uh, Morig from TCU is still available and widely regarded as one of the top safeties on the board. If they want to kick the tires on a defensive tackle, Christian Barmore is still available. I think we haven't seen a single interior defensive lineman chosen. I know it's a weak draft class, but still potential there. Um, if they want to go for like a slot corner, for example, you have Asante Samuel Jr., there is a unprecedented amount of great prospects for the Lions on day two. And I really don't think they can go wrong. The only way they would go wrong is if they draft a running back or like a tight end. Aside from that, I think justify almost any position. Uh, hopefully not quarterback. though. <laughs> yeah, quarterback values pretty much dropped off the table at this point. Um, unless you really believe in the kid out of Stanford uh, is it Davis Mills. I, I forget the name. Right yep. off my head. Davis Davis Mills? Yeah. Okay. I'm not completely adequate yep. tonight. All right. Uh, final, final notes here. Final notes as we wrap up here on this reaction. Any final, any final, I have some final thoughts. I just want to see what you got first. I think this draft, this uh, first round was actually pretty civilized. Uh, it felt like there weren't that many awful picks. It felt like a lot of teams were making pretty smart decisions, which is kind of surprising in a year with a very like, a reduced, you know, uh, review process. Like there's no combine. You essentially have com, uh, pro days coming in basically whenever. A bunch of medical reports came in last minute. And based on kind of the consensus, it seems like a lot of teams made a lot of good decisions, which really surprised me. I'll say this about Panay Sewell um, for, my, for my final thing. Um, I, I've seen some of the videos now, everything I've read about him. There is a you mentioned Jeff Schwartz earlier. Jeff Schwartz did sit down with him uh, for about 10 minutes to talk about him. And uh, Jeff thinks, you know, Detroit's getting an absolute just amazing pick. With there, but what I like about Panay Sewell is and from everything Jeremy has said, and he'll be with us on the big POD cast next time we can do it. uh I think back to our interview with Jamal, with uh, Jamal Williams and how infectious his personality was. This is kind of the same. It's the same deal with Panay Sewell. And I know that doesn't win you anything on the field necessarily to be really cool, very energetic guys. But I think being a fan is more than that sometimes. And I think rooting for a team is more is more than that, or at least should be more than that. And guys like these who are just so infectious, so fun, so much personality to them, who are very positive 
too is a real especially after the patricia years it's an amazing breath and not only a breath of fresh air but i think it's what football should be um you know i'm a baseball fan too and we all and there's always been the big conversation about the joy of baseball how much joy do you play baseball with what are the unwritten rules how much you should you hold back i think football too is a i think football more than baseball even is a game that is driven on emotion. It is driven on raw emotion. You have to play with emotion because it's an emotional game. If you don't have emotions, you're just not going to play well in the team. You have to get fired up and you have to get after it. And you've got to be giving 120% in all those, all those bromides. So for the Lions to get guys like this who are not only emotional, who are charged up, but positive too, it makes it a lot more fun to look at this team right now. And I think that for me is probably all of the play aside from him, because Panay Sewell is a fantastic player who will just get after guys. Like when I watched some of his tape, I, I thought he, I had completely forgotten he was an offensive tackle. He, he just gets after guys like he's a defensive lineman. He's just so vicious, but that kind of energy is going to make people a fan of this guy. And I, 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 strongly believe that i'm already a fan of him so i'm more than happy to see between this but yeah but so between jamal williams between Sewell, between everything all the fun we've had with with dan campbell the energy on this team the vibes of this team is fantastic i and fully that, agree even if they don't show up on the field the locker room is going to be a lot of fun and uh, i believe what the one thing they made today is they brought back the cornhole or something for for the team. <laughs> so they're having a little bit of fun there. You know, maybe they'll bring back the ping pong table, but hey, that might be a bit too drastic. We'll take it step by step. But you know, the the moves the team has made, the things they're saying, uh, it's very promising both on field and off field. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up there. Uh, John, thank you so much. We needed to have a left coast in here to kind of take over. I was getting tired of all these guys from Michigan with all their Michigan takes and Michigan man stuff. We had to really diversify the POD cast, and I'm glad we could do that. And um, I want to thank you if you're listening, wherever you're listening, if you're watching us live on Twitch and YouTube, if you're listening to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Um, we are wrapping. This podcast is coming at the end of five hours of us watching this draft. And we're going to do it all again on, on Friday. And the community of pride of Detroit is awesome. Uh, thank you guys for, for those who have reached out to me about uh, what I talked about last podcast too. Um, it's been awesome. These draft podcasts are some of my favorite because they epitomize the capstone of this community uh, reaching out to us. So you guys have been awesome. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go Lions. We'll be back on Friday night live. You'll have the podcast from that date from day two, probably on Saturday. And as always, we will see you star side.